do it. Okay. How are you? Hello. All right. That was a soft open. Hold on. Let's do it <laughs> Great. All right. Um, okay. Because we're, because we're um, virtual, there's going to be sound effects and, uh, and intros, but you're not going to hear them. So you just see me bob my head. Welcome back to the Jordan Phoenix show. Thank you for being here as always. It is my honor to introduce to you today, our guest, Mr. Mitch Myers. What's up, man? Thank you for being here. Um, oh my gosh, dude. Uh, okay. I, I'm wondering if we should either introduce you and what you do at the top of the thing or wait until we sign off and then tell people what you do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it might be more interesting that way, but okay. Well, to be honest, I don't know all that you do, but let me just tell you the things that I know, tell the audience the things that I know, and then you mm -hmm. fill in the gaps. Um, yeah. so I think your main, your main thing, right. Is you are a, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the term for it, but, uh, like, uh, what is, what, what do we call What is it called? So... <clears throat> <laughs> the audience is like, does he even know who's on his podcast? Let me, let me fumble my way through. Uh, like it's, 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 I guess I started out in rendering like motion design, yeah. but it's kind of like shifted more into just full on like CG production as far as like 3d art and that kind of jazz. Yeah. So you're like, so Mitch creates assets and, and directs and, and makes, visual stuff yes and used to be like in motion um and see mo that's a weird motion graphics like means a lot of things to but anyway yes, yeah. it's all these guys all the like uh all the cool guys like that don't take stills or like i do motion you know because they don't want to say they're a videographer because it's like a dirty word or a, a <laughs> cinematographer they're like i do motion which feels a little bit um snooty to me but also feels yeah. like that is what it is. You know, it's motion. Technically. Um, but anyway, and so Mitch and I met, um, Mitch had me as a DP for a music video that he directed for the band Morose. Um, yeah. And I actually like snaked my way into the position because you were going to work with Chris Bauer on it. And he told me about it and talked to me about you. And I was like, Hey man, can I just like, I'll help PA or like, just let me get on that set with this guy. Cause I had <laughs> seen the like, the stuff that you do, um, you know, that you, what, I, I don't know what, again, <laughs> the three, the 3d shit that you did. And I was like, I want to be, I want to have my name on something with some of that 3d stuff that you're doing. Um, so anyway, so that's how we, and then I ended up DPing for you and, um, it was, it was a fucking blast doing that. And the thing turned yeah, out awesome man. and go check it out. If you haven't seen it, morose static was the name of the video we did. Yep. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. It was like one of the funnest videos I've ever been on. I'm glad you came along too. Now I do want to talk some shit real quick. When you watch that video, <laughs> you didn't actually need me there because you are such a wizard with like manipulating stuff and just like fucking with images that like that footage that you used 
could have been shot on an iPhone. You know what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> it was so like crazily different than what I had in camera that I was like, damn, he didn't even need me there. But that's our, I mean, I guess maybe I inspired you to, you know, I don't no, know. yeah, you totally did because I mean, I felt like you were like, fuck, this is not usable footage. I have a lot, but anyway. The exact opposite. I was like, oh my gosh, this footage looks awesome. And I'm going to have to like mess it up to a certain extent. (laughs) But but yeah, like I I, I don't think an iPhone would have worked very well. Like you, you put the shots together and got the movements right and all that stuff. I just was able to put the the sexiness on top. The stuff that you do is... um, like, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's so beyond, like, when I see, like, your reel and stuff, I'm like, oh, this is, like, we call it, we're both in video, but they're basically completely different things. Like, your world is very opaque to me. Um, So it was, you know, anyway, it was cool that we got to do something together um, and hopefully continue to do stuff together. That was, we did that shit. I don't know when we shot it, but... um I mean, that was like one of the last music videos. I think the last music video I did before the pandemic hit. So yeah, yeah, I didn't realize how lucky we were to be hanging out. And (laughs) it's weird thinking about it now, having like all those people in that like little warehouse room, dude. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So are you, are you like uh, locked down? You guys believe it? Corona is a real virus. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We're kind of, uh, chilling at home basically. And I work from home. So yeah, and my, my day to day hasn't really changed. Have you know, this has happened to me. Tell me if this is, if you can relate or if you felt this, I will watch a show on TV, Netflix or whatever. And there'll be like a bunch of people like in a room and I'm like six feet, six feet. What's get the fuck? <laughs> you know, like I get like panicky and like uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, yeah. Oh, just hold your breath. You'll be fine. Um, and I'm like, I'm like, fuck, I'm, there's some real damage going on to my psyche and probably my kids and my wife. And anyway, I, have you experienced that? Like seeing, watching something and like realizing that I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's mostly right now watching stuff and trying to envision like how it's going to be done after things kind of get rolling back in like hundred percent. Yeah. If like how production is going to change. Yeah. And like how things are going to be run, even, you know, if things change and, you know, th- for the better, I don't know. Have you seen the Mandalorian, the show? Uh, no. Um, it's good. Uh, whether you like star Wars or not, it's very cool. Um, but, uh, it's on Disney plus check it out. Uh, sponsor of the show. Um, but, <laughs> They do, they have a really cool behind, behind behind the scenes, like thing. I forget what it's called, but making the Mandalorian probably, uh, and dude, they shoot like in these like sound stages that are basically like this, like round projector screen and they shoot the whole fucking thing, like not on location, like basically with a projector behind them. And that to me is like, that's what production is going to be. You know, it's like these tiny little crews in this tiny little thing where all the graphics and everything is like just projected and you get, you get these like really a better performance out of your actors because like, they're like not pretending, you know, if you're doing green screen work, you're like, pretend that you're scared and pretend that it's beautiful behind you and pretend (laughs) that, you know, and it's like, it's crazy that our technology has come to a place where we can have actors actually experiencing stuff, you know? And 
to me, like you're wondering about like where production is going to go. I bet that a lot of shit like that is going to get greenlit, you know? Yeah, for sure. The, um, the way they've, okay, have you seen the, the updates for unreal, the unreal engine? I mean, I'm aware of unreal. I think aware, I, yeah. I, I like texted you, Hey, should I download uh, unreal <laughs> anyway? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, they have put out like some amazing technology and um, I don't know how they do it, but that the, somehow we, they're able to render out like millions and millions of polygons now, basically in real time. And so we can set up like the atmosphere and the sun and all of like the materials, all that kind of stuff and whatever world that the actor is going to be in. And we can project it on that screen yeah but uh as it's projected we can actually manipulate the 3d scene in real time too like so, a video like, game yeah so if, if if we shot like let's say the mandalorian walking through like a desert scene or something like that and it was like high noon or whatever mm-hmm. and the director was like you know what that lighting sucks let's do like right you know, a golden hour shot or something like that it's like okay sweet and flip the sun around and and there you go and let's take the shot again that's wild yeah man yeah see it's funny because i talk about stuff like i'm like yeah have you heard of this and you're like i haven't seen the thing but i know way more about the technology than you um (laughs) because because i'm like i have like a very rudimentary understand i'm i have these a cup like a text thread with a couple like video friends and they just basically like send me shit from instagram you know um and reddit and like yeah it i've never felt like I know less than I do right now, you know, <laughs> like I look back at like being 20 something and like, I got a pretty good idea of what's going on. And like, I'm like, I know vastly more now about everything than I did then. And also feel like I know so much less. I feel like such an idiot about everything. You know, I think I have like, like I, I can't formulate sentences and find words and like, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cause we have kids maybe is a part of it. The kid thing yeah, definitely makes you dumb. like dead brain or something. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I feel like as we've gotten into at least like our industries and we've kind of been awoken to, I don't know the, the layers of what it entails and all the things that can be done. It's like, there's so many other possibilities that you feel almost like an idiot. Cause you're just like, man, there's so much I still don't know about. This is going to suck. <laughs> like, yeah. how am I going to like compete? And yeah. And do you want to be a cog in the machine where you're very good at this one little thing, but you don't actually really create anything, you know, yeah. or do you want to yeah. be somebody who really creates a lot, but like, isn't really that giant of a, I've had to acknowledge that like to work on something truly great and truly giant, it's going to be a giant crew. There's just no yeah. way you can do it by yourself. I mean, you can be in our tour and like do some cool shit, but like I hate the idea of like a big crew just because I'm not there yet. Not that I mm-hmm. even, not that that's even a goal. I really don't think it's a goal. Cause I watch a lot of these people and I'm like, Oh, it's like managing people. You know, it's a lot of like stuff I don't yeah, want to do. It's yeah, it's rough. Yeah. And like, I've talked about this a thousand times already, but, um, like when I was in LA with Nikki Glazer, like on the set of all these, like, you know, Hollywood thing. I mean, it was my first time being on like the WB set. And like, you know, I was like watching all these PA it's not, it's not cool. You know, it's like very like in a warehouse, you know what I mean? Like, 
it's, yeah. you know, behind the curtain, it's, it's not like cool. Um, everybody just is like doing a job, you know, and most everybody looks kind of fucking like miserable, not miserable, but like, like they're at a nine to five, you know what I mean? Or yeah. not a nine to five, like a nine to nine or a nine, nine to, to nine, but like a stressful nine to nine. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I was like my aunt, who's this very smart, like chick, uh, woman, obviously she's my aunt. She's older than me. Um, <laughs> is that obvious? Anyway, uh, she was like, she said something very poignant. That's not the right word either. See, I can't. Anyway, uh, she's like, if you want to, if you want to get to where you're going, you have to define where that is that you want to go, which is like obvious, but like, so if you have a goal, are the things that you are doing moving you towards that? And are the things that you are doing, do you even know what your goal is? And I don't really know what my goal is, but I think that I know now that moving to Hollywood and being a big swing and dick in one of those places is not it. Cause it, or even like, you know, whatever, I don't know. It just seems, um, unrewarding and like a job, you know? Yeah. Every time I go over there to LA to do any sort of production thing, it always has a weird vibe to me. You're like I'm excited to be just, leaving St. Louis and be there, yeah, but then you're there like, and you're like, be fun. And yeah. yeah, it's just like, Ugh, it doesn't feel like anybody's excited really. Right. And yeah, it, I mean, it seems like I, maybe they're just like underwhelmed by the whole experience because they've done it for so long, maybe or so often, but just, I don't know. It's yeah. Grass it's is always never greener that kind fun of thing. for me. Either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you, you let's, let's talk about some stuff that you've done out there. Like, cause you work with huge brands and like, what are some of the cooler things that we can just, we don't have to go deep into them, but. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, like some brands uh, that you would know of that I've worked with would be like uh, Fox and NBC and Lyft. Um, I done some stuff for like Southwest Airlines. And are you going um, out to LA to work on that stuff or is that remotely? Yeah, that's kind of like a mix. Um, sometimes they'll want me just to like travel out to meet whoever I'm supposed to be talking <laughs> to face to face just because they want to like see me as like a human. Right. Um, which will probably be different after a pandemic. Yeah. They'll be like, why don't you go ahead and save us seven grand and just hop on that zoom call, Mitch. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. Fuck the planes. <laughs> yeah. But it, I don't know. It's usually pretty mixed. Interesting. Okay. So I just cut you off. Uh, Netflix. No, you didn't say Netflix. Uh, see, I was listening. Um, NBC, <laughs> Fox, yeah, Fox, uh, Lyft. Yeah, I've also done some stuff for some like uh, big DJs like uh, Kaiko and Tiesto, some like concert visuals, cool stuff like that. Yeah. So I've kind of had my hands in a couple different areas trying to figure out where exactly I want to be in the setting that I'm in right now. Right. Yeah. So you all, it's interesting. A lot of people don't know this. You actually run an orphanage too, which I thought was cool. I don't know where you find the time. How many kids are at the orphanage right now? Yeah. Right now there's about, uh, just me. I'm the only orphan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I really like the name. Uh, obviously you don't run an orphanage. Um, no. you own orphan house, me, me orphan house period company co yeah. Just orphan house, orphan or house, orphan house, like premium renderings, premium. Is like the little tagline. Dude, it's such a, it's such a cool name. And then the logo or like, I don't know if that's even a logo, but the thing is like this like creepy metal, like orphan house. It's like, so oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so cool. I'm just like, I'm just jealous of the brand. Um, and I thought like, okay, okay, so tell like, what is the, what is the idea behind orphan house? So yeah, it's, um, kind of based on this really kind of rocky foundation that everyone kind of starts out their careers on. And, um, the, the, the house thing that's on like the website, it's like a glass house. So it's like easily just totally destroyed if you just like make the wrong move or whatever. So it's, it's kind of like a reminder that uh, to like stay focused on like a singular goal, especially with the studio to make sure that I'm running it as much as I can as an actual business owner. Right. Um, and keeping the art as not, I don't want to say secondary because that sucks, but like more of a secondary because if I'm making more money on the studio side, that just opens a lot more doors for me as far as like you know, Doing buying stuff yeah. and reinvesting, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's an that was an interesting thing that I noticed about you that I really, I mean, beyond making good stuff, like you, you seem very business minded. Like you've gotten, you were like, okay, this might be a rumor, but. So just tell me if I'm right or wrong. Were you on, did you do some rendering or something that was on like the opening screen of After Effects? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. I've been telling people that. So I just want to yeah. make sure I was, <laughs> yeah. So like when you open After Effects in version, whatever version it was, there's like a loading screen and it's some weird art that's always cool. And it's like uh, Frank from Utah or, you know, whoever from uh, Japan. And so one time it was Mitch Myers from, they probably don't say from, but anyway, it was like yeah. something that you did. That's fucking wild. Like they probably didn't reach out to you, right? Like, I mean, maybe they did, but like you go, you're the guy that like goes after relationships, right? Like, oh uh, yeah, I do. Totally. That relationship was like a very lucky one. And that was them coming to me, which is amazing. But it's not, it's not like they just came, like you lay found it. Like you have a relationship with that, Adobe, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I talk a lot to everyone. <laughs> and how do you like, that's wild to it. Here's what's funny. When Chris Bauer was, you know, telling me about you. Yeah. He didn't show me any of your work. He didn't like, he mentioned a metal band who I didn't even know. And that, <laughs> and he goes, he basically said that thing. And he's like, he, dude, he, he works for, he works with Adobe. And I was like, instantly like, well, he must be great then. But like, <laughs> you also could have been shitty or like not my style. But it's interesting that like, to me, I was just like, well, that's a qualifier. Like I want to fucking work with this guy. <laughs> and then I actually like went and looked at your stuff and I was like, oh, I, I actually want to work with this guy. Yeah, good. <laughs> but like, it's very smart of you to like, to try to cultivate someone like that. I'm, I'm sure that didn't happen by accident is, is I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, I, I'm always trying to go after more of like the promo aspect kind of jobs, even though those aren't like the money makers and that uh, probably is another thing that always like beats me down um, as far as like the money making side. But I think going after those types of people and just like talking to those big name brands and stuff and just like, constantly just like popping it and just like putting my name in their ears and kind of like what I do and like, Hey, made this new reel, check this out, blah, blah, blah. Just like little things. Yeah. And like, eventually I'll get like an email randomly or someone from their agency or 
business will contact someone else and be like, you know, I know the perfect person for your issue or whatever, you know? Wow. So it's like a big web. And are you just like cold calling people? Are you just like looking up Fox in the fucking yellow pages and being like, so, <laughs> so, um, I go use LinkedIn a lot, actually. There's um, these Chrome uh, add-on extensions that you can get where when you're on LinkedIn, you can basically like rip people's emails from their profile. Yeah. And so I'll just find like creative directors or directors or producers or whoever from, you know, Netflix or Amazon, and I'll just rip their email from their LinkedIn profile (laughs) And then I'll just like cold email them with like a, Hey, what's up? I like this shit that you're doing. And this is stuff that I do. We can work together and make cool stuff together. Uh, yeah. You're a creep, dude. That's genius. <laughs> super creepy. <laughs> that's well, see, that's you. I would never have the confidence to do that because I don't think that I'm at a level where I could work, where I could do work for any of those people. You know what I mean? Like I could reach out to like waffle house and be like, yo, what's up, man? I'll make some dope videos of your waffles. You know, maybe I should do that on link, but like what gives you the confidence to, I mean, you have great work, but like you didn't always, I mean, I assume unless you came out of the womb, I'm not talking (laughs) shit on your, but you know what I mean? Like at what point, how old were you when you were like, I think I'm good enough to call Netflix up. Yeah. So like I started out playing music for a living and then I did design work on the side for like merchandise merchandise and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the only reason that I had like an inkling that I may like doing design work. Okay. Um, So when I got out of that world, I found like CG, like 3d side of things. And then I basically just like grinded it out. Like, super hardcore as far as just like what was the first program I could every day. what was cinema. the first cinema okay yeah cinema, cinema 4D. 4d yeah yeah and that's what i use now so it's like from the very beginning i've been with them um who, who are they are they what's the company that makes them it's uh maxon okay what else yeah. does maxon make anything else uh well they own um the render engine redshift now Okay. They didn't necessarily create it, but they bought it out. <laughs> but yeah. And Cinema 40, that's like an OG thing for 3D, right? Like that wasn't some it's weird. pretty OG, yeah. It's, I think like uh, things like Autodesk Maya and those programs are probably a bit older, but yeah. Cinema is one of those that is a little bit easier to learn. It's a little more user-friendly yeah. and a little more on like the... Uh, art side rather than the uh like architecture yeah the name sounds like it's made for making cool movies and not i mean autocad is like the most boring name (laughs) yeah pretty much um yeah and i guess what is my it's somewhere kind of like falls in between the two yeah yeah basically it's it's just uh it's it's like cinema it's just like a different interface uh Yeah. yeah yeah you know what's up yeah, that's interesting. Um, and so, okay, so you're in Cinema 4D, and then do you fuck with After Effects? Is that like... Yeah, I, I basically got into After Effects just to do like compositing work with my 3D stuff. Um, so you build and, something in 3D, and then you're like, what do I do with this thing? And then you got to bring yeah. it into... Okay. Yeah, I, like I, I want to put like extras onto it. I want to have like, you know, those visual effects elements. And so like 
need having to like those needs of like wanting to do certain type of work like just moved me in certain directions as far as certain programs that I needed to learn and um, things like that so I didn't necessarily have a clear direction that I was putting myself on it was more so just like following what interests me and following my gut as far as where I wanted to go and what felt right yeah and just like doing it have you always worked for yourself or did you work somewhere and then take a leap or what was that like? Yeah. So I first worked as like a pseudo freelancer, which I think everyone starts out as just cause they can't get a job anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I was basically just trying to make personal work on the side. Um, uh, just like trying to make like the coolest stuff I could and making it the exact type of stuff that I wanted to do for bigger people. Um, and I eventually got the call from the St. Louis Rams and they, Who are they? uh, yeah, they wanted me to, um, come on board and do their like motion design type stuff for their, uh, like in stadium productions and like NFL network type stuff and things like that. So I did that for, I think like three, I think three years. Yeah. Freelancer or like you worked for the St. Louis for Rams? them. Yeah. Salary, uh, motion designer. And that was cool, but I never really, I'm not like a huge, like generic sports dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm more into like action sports if I was going to choose something. Yeah. But so I was just like, I, I kind of want to go to like a legitimate, more like agency type environment. See what that's all about. Yeah. I did that. Um, and that was kind of lame. And so I was kind of in this weird position of, do I even like what I'm doing now? Or is it like the jobs that are the issue? Like where, what's fucked up here? Uh, and so that was when I was just like, kind of my last chance almost to figure this thing out and to figure out if it's worth continuing is to just like jump freelance and just to like see if I can do it. What would you, um, would you be like a, like a chef or something if you didn't like what was going <laughs> through your head of just like. That was like the scariest part because I like had no other anything. Like I was, yeah. I don't really want to do anything else. I'm not really good at anything else besides this music and stuff. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know, like there has to be a way for me to figure out a way to be like happy in this. So how old are you when you're looking, when you're, that's like a pretty big like, uh, I feel like a lot of people reach that when they're like 50, you know, like, like how old were you when, when you had that, like, so I got out of the bands, uh, in 2011 and I was 21. So probably like about 24 or 25, I think when I decided to go freelance. Gotcha. Yeah. What was the name of the band? Uh, stained glass romance uh emo band yeah uh, kind of it was more like metalcore metalcore okay i was yeah. i was joking the but name, i also the, the name, name actually the chicks you know yeah 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 buy t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so 2000 okay so yeah so like uh did you guys tour or do like what was your how, what was the seriousness of that band yeah it was decently serious um the we got signed to victory uh we toured really? for like nine, 10 months out of every year. It was a lot of, a lot of on the road stuff. Yeah. I did that for a couple of years and then 
got too tired. <laughs> yeah. How did you, were you like van touring 15 passengers? Yeah, we had a van and then the last year I was in it, we got a bus, which was dope, but I got like this crazy fucking story. If you want to hear it, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, um, we, it was a last tour that I was on with them and I, uh, we had the bus and it was like this badass bus. Like the bunks had like leopard print, like, Oh yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And it was, uh, the winter we had this like Northeast tour. And so it was going to be like gnarly. Um, and we leave at like two, I think two thirty in the morning from Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where we were living. And we are our first shows in New York. Oh, it was in Kentucky. And so we had to go through the Smoky Mountains. Um, and so we had a big ass bus and a big ass trailer on the back of it. Um, and we had to drive overnight to get to the venue on time. So we were driving overnight through the Smoky Mountains on a big ass bus with a big ass trailer. And then a big ass snowstorm comes through. And for some reason, the, uh, the GPS decides to, like, reroute. And it takes us on this crazy-ass one-lane road in the Smoky Mountains. It's, like, pitch black, and it's, like, a crazy snowstorm going on. And there's, like, sheer cliffs off to the side. And the bus is hardly even fitting on the road as it is. And so we were all like jammed up in the front, like trying to help the driver, like navigate this like road. And we oh were on God. that road for like four or five hours until we got back onto the highway. And then we finally make it up to New York and we played a show at a venue that we used to be, or not used to be, but after like the band type stuff, they would turn it into a club, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Pops. so we were like, sweet. Yeah. We were going to like stay and party after and so our road crew gets like hammered uh, before they load stuff. And so they forget to lock the trailer up before we leave. So we're driving down a highway oh in Jersey God. and we stop at this um, uh, one of the tolls. And this dude's like, hey, you guys know that your trailer's open, yeah? And we're like, no, <laughs> definitely not. And then we go back and check. We had like all of our merchandise flown across the highway and just being like run over by semi trucks and shit. And we lost a guitar too. And so we had to call it into the next like venue. Damn. And then after that, uh, we were driving back through Jersey down south and the bus blows up. The fucking engine blows up. Whoa. And. <laughs> We were stuck on the side of the road. We ended up getting a U-Haul truck, but because our trailer was so big, they would only let us get one of those big ass U-Haul trucks with like the three passenger like seating in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so only three people could sit up front, and the rest of everyone was in the back of this U-Haul like like freezer bus, basically. Yeah, Jesus. In the middle of winter, going like down back to North Carolina. Are you and from so North Carolina? <laughs> No, I uh, I'm from Osage Beach. Where the where, I, where is Osage Beach? Is that a beach actually, or is that like in the middle no, of a state? Well, it's it's like some big ass lake in the middle of Missouri. Okay, okay, yeah. You have like a like a, a Missouri uh, drawl of like, do I? 
Yeah, like it's very faint. It reminds me of like uh, um, our uh, we have my family has uh my wife's family has like a Nashville side. It's got a yeah. little bit of a Nashville, a little bit of a Springfield to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like it's very Missouri. You know, we have the we have like a broadcaster. Uh, St. Louis in particular has like broadcast uh, affectation. That's not a real word, uh, but whatever. Our our uh, our accent is like broadcasters study it. Oh, really? Yeah. So you're like in fucking Kentucky or some butt fuck you know state, and the the people on broadcast will sound like they're from St. Louis. Sound like <laughs> they're from Missouri. Except for like the farty far and and you know Missouri and a couple of those weird things, but right, um, yeah, that's why that's why at Mizzou the journalism school there is so big is because like all everybody talks uh, the way that that whatever you know right or wrong people like to hear us talk anyway. So weird. you talk good, but you have just like a little bit of a a little bit of a thing on it anyway. A little thing I don't shoot, but yeah, not bad. See, not like that, but it's just like <laughs> like a little flavor anyway. Uh, and I was just wondering, Charlotte. Okay, so how long? So you're so you have that terrible tour. Yeah, that problems. was the last tour I was on. Like after that, I was yeah, like, yeah, you're like Man. fuck this shit kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm like way tired. Probably got to figure out something else. And I knew that like eventually I wanted a family and have a kid and stuff. And like, who knows how viable that would be? You're 21 you know, at the as, time thinking these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like. Usually I'm like thinking like super far ahead in the future. Like I'm, I've always been that goal setting type of person. Yeah. At the moment I'm in this weird position to where I'm not really sure like what my next like goal actually looks like, I guess. But yeah. Um, I feel like everybody's there right now. Uh, yeah. Pandemic it's wise, like you know, limbo or something. <laughs> yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, f- so, okay. And was that because like record sales weren't where they, like, what if you guys had platinum records? Is that the thing where you were like, what are we doing? Or would that have changed things or? Yeah. Yeah. If we were making shit ton of money, I would have just been like, you know, whatever, let's just do it. Like I loved playing music. I sure. loved that. What did you play? But guitar. Yeah. You seem like a yeah. guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean was... that with the highest respect. Drummers, Thanks, you're man. like, I know it's certain. <laughs> I know some things about you if you play drums anyway. Yeah. Like to bang on stuff. Uh yeah, it, it it just kind of was down to what did I wanna feel like as like a 40 year old, you know? Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was I gonna be like this old rocker dude? Right. I was like, kind of that's kind of I don't know. Off putting. I mean, you, there's a way to do it gracefully for sure. There's yeah. a way to not do it gracefully. Um, I, Cause I feel like some of my friends that are still like in active bands um, that are like 40, I'm like, they're doing a good job of it, you know? But like, yeah. I think like um, there's another vein that you can go down where you're like still pretending you're 20, you know what I mean? But you're 40 yeah. and that's, you that's more like worrying. Super tight pants on with a beer gut now. <laughs> it's like, just a little weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like aging gracefully. Yeah. Um, it's weird music. Do you play anything anymore or do you like fuck around or? Yeah, I, I still fuck around and stuff. Um, and, uh, I've been talking to like Perosa about like fucking around with them and like writing some music with them and stuff, which would be fun. Cause I've been wanting to just like write stuff. I'm yeah. just having the itch to do something like that. But yeah, I, I'm, I fuck around with the guitar still. 
That's fun. Yeah. It's interesting. I always thought that I only wanted to be in a band. Like I was only in a band to get signed and to like live that like lifestyle, you know? And then, so after that, like never worked out, um, I was like, I I guess I won't do this anymore. Cause I've never been (laughs) in it for the music, you know? Yeah. And, um, I just like always had, like, I'm always brought back to, I always have song ideas and like sing voice note stuff and like, you know, like have these little side projects and stuff. And like, I can't get away from it, even though I know it's an exorbitant waste of time. It's like a curse, you know, that like, you just can't get away from it. It's always like, I put so much into it for like 15 years or whatever that like, I'm just stuck with it. It'll be this vestige that I always have. Um, and, and I've, sort of accepted that, you know, but like, I don't know what that means when you're not trying to do it. Cause I was like, I'm always, I, you know, I was, how old are you? Are you? I'm 30 now. Okay. Yeah. So you're yeah, three years younger than me, but basically the same era of like, we grew up like as the music industry died, right? Like as rock and roll was, cause when I, when I was in high school, it was still a viable thing. Like you could still be a rock star. Yeah. And like, there was like a scene in air quotes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And like people were making money and like signing major record deals and getting put on international tours. Basically I wanted to be story of the year and story of the yeah. year was like one of the last bands to do that. I mean, you know, Cavo was literally, I think the last band to sign a non three sixty deal um, from <laughs> St. Louis. Like you're like, you know, they had like a legit deal. And after that, you're just like getting a really shitty loan and some contacts, you know what I mean? Like, which yeah. is what record deals are now until you have until, until you have like enough that you're like, Hey, this just makes sense for both of us. But it's not like yeah. story of the year was like somebody way up high handing their, you know, their hand down, reaching their hand down. Come here, kids. We'll show you the way to success. You know, yeah, that like, shit doesn't we, fucking we exist. We seem anymore. like we can get you to where we want you. Right. The thing. Yeah. And they, and yeah. they created a thing that now those guys can ride for the, like, you know I mean? They have an international audience of people yeah, that now have brands. Yeah. And they're like, uh, yeah. they're like our age now. I mean, we, their fans are our age now and have like real money and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we can sustain those dudes until they're old boners, you know? <laughs> yeah. For so sure. um, now it seems like, like people figure out how to get to that level of fame by like hacking YouTube, YouTube algorithms. And like, you know what I mean? Like a, a much more like clever way of getting in there. It's not like, you know, grandpa record label is like, come on boys, we'll teach you how to do this thing. You know? So. Yeah. It's almost scarier though. Cause like everybody's in this position of just like grinding hardcore. Oh, it's fucking and terrifying. It's like, man, I'm going to have to like, beat myself down just like a little bit more just to get like a little bit more ahead than like the best person. And that's what I'm always feeling though. (laughs) Yeah. I dude, it's such a, um, well, you know, like with kids or with a kid, like then there's this whole balancing act of like, how much do I give up of my personal life for my creative life? Like we all know that like to kill it in your professional life, you could just like be a shitty dad. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, right. And so you're like, I don't want to do that. Um, so then it's like that balancing act of like, well, I won't put the kids tonight uh, to bed tonight. Cause I got to do this thing, but like, I'm not going to do this thing. Cause I got to put the kids to bed. Like I have to balance that. Like, you know, don't want to work yeah. too hard and be a, a, you know, piece of shit dad, but also don't want to just be like, I'm a father. It's the highest honor to do that. And, um, and my career is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause ultimately I think, you know, kids want to, um, they want to see, this is the thing I talk about all the time. Like with my wife, um, 
I want our kids to see us being social and like maintaining friendships with people. Cause you know, it's mm-hmm. fucking easy to let those friendships fall when you're like dealing with, you know, money and, and yeah, kids so and like, yeah, the, the first thing to go is friendships. And so like, um, you know, not like throwing shade at my parents, but I feel like that's what they did is like, they moved from a different city to St. Louis and then they just like worried about as we all do. And you know, but like, um, I don't know. And then they had like a, a friend of like, you know, a church group friend of people as I'm oh, like yeah. a, like a built in, like that kind of friends. I'm like, I don't want a result to that. Uh, so yeah. anyway, I don't know. So like, I, I tell myself we're not being selfish by going out and getting blackout, no, uh, going out and having a few cocktails with our friends. We're really showing our kids, um, you know, like a life lesson of like, yeah, it's, you know, you have to maintain friendships and it's fucking yeah. hard and friendships, you know, that are worth having aren't easy. Nothing worth yeah. having is easy, you know? So yeah, you got to work towards like everything you want, especially now. Fuck, but now, yeah, <laughs> now it's like <laughs> now, don't you feel like there's it's like wolves in the fucking, uh, in the brush now of like, and I'm a wolf, so I'm not worried about myself, <laughs> but I'm just worried about all the little pigs I'm going to have to slaughter on my way. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's like or kill like, or be killed uh, right now. Yeah. And it's just, I'm trying to like show my daughter that there's a way to do things without like having to be under someone else's control. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, you can, you know, those generic like career paths and jobs and, you know, things like that. You don't even have to do anything that's even like around right now. Like you, you can make something up as long as there's value to <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, you could get money for it and that could be your job. Like it could You could be. make an OnlyFans account. Which, yeah, that's <laughs> every girl's <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna start an OnlyFans. Me too. I'm just gonna like swing it around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just gonna show me like drawing. What kind of stuff are you gonna do on your OnlyFans? Oh shit. I'm just I thought I was just gonna do what all the chicks doing right now. What's it, baking that- baking show? No, I thought they're all just getting naked. Oh, I've never been on OnlyFans. Is that what they're doing? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> hey, I support it. However, you know, what is Pornhub doesn't need your money, you know? Give the money that's directly true. to these girls. Uh, yeah, they're grinding. They're working. And boys, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that's true. Chris Bauer needs your money. Um, So <laughs> uh, what, what does 2021 look like to you? Um, personally, and then like sort of more broadly in St. Louis, mm. what is Mitch doing in 2021? So, Cause 2020 we're dumb. <laughs> yeah. 2020 is just, <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just sleeping for the rest of it. Um, 2021. So I want to have a solid, like I would go for like a handful of five clients of that you know there's solid orphan house clients that are coming back on a regular regular basis yeah because i i've never had that type of situation i've always had like big jobs for a certain thing and then after that it's on to like someone else i've never had like a a big recurring client is that because they're just not happy with your work Maybe. I don't know. Maybe they just like, <laughs> fucking hate me. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think with, with big places, right, there's a something about they the world is their oyster. Yeah, so, like, man, they're like, yeah. they do you for this, and then, like, they need, you know, they want to try, a, you know, 
try a bunch of stuff out, right? Like otherwise they would yeah. just fucking hire you to work for them exclusively. Like they don't want to pay. Right. It, yeah. I think the luckiest you can get is make a really good like design that goes really well with like one of their IPs, but then you're almost stuck as in like a consulting situation, like teaching their crew to how to do the thing the, that the, you yeah. did. Right. Yeah. Cause they don't want to pay you to staff up to create shit that they're like, what do we have all these mo's in our place doing? You know, like, right. Yeah. Cause yeah, I'll be way more expensive than what they're paying their kids. I'm sure. Dude. And that's the terrifying. Okay. Do you want to have people work for you or do you want to? Yeah. I, th I think I want to keep it small, but I definitely want to have a crew for sure. Yeah. Okay. Not me. I'm, I think I'm, <laughs> I mean, I want to have a crew, but I want them to be like mercenaries. You know what I mean? And I want to yeah. like, I want to assemble the team each time we need to kill somebody. I want to be like, we need a sniper. We need the muscle. We need like Ocean's Eleven style, you know. That's basically what Orphan House is right now. Since we don't have, like, I don't have anyone working for me as like in a full-time real, yeah, employee type of situation. So I'm basically relying on freelancers to help me out with like, overflow and things like that so that's kind of what i'm doing is picking and choosing the best people for the job if the job can pay for it i don't want to talk you out of your dreams but i just feel like <laughs> um having employees makes you not if you really love doing the work which i don't know maybe you don't i mean you've kind of already admitted that you just are money grubbing uh it's yeah, well <laughs> i mean if you uh, want to do the work you can't 60, have 50 so, okay. Okay. That's pretty. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this too. I'm also not an artist. Like I'm uh, not also, I'm not putting work. I'm very, I'm very poorly business minded, but I am business minded because I'm like, if you, if I only put things out when I'm happy with them, I'll never put anything out and then yeah. I'll never get paid and then I'll never do anything again. So it's like the lesser of two evils is like doing not, you know, like taking the money sometimes, you know what I mean? Like just take the money yeah. and go on to the next thing. I mean, I always try to like hit a certain level of quality, but it's like, if I'm a perfectionist, I'll never, it'll never be finished and then I'll never yeah. get paid for it and I'll let the client down and then I'll never get hired again. And then I'll be working, you know, mowing lawns, which nothing wrong yeah. with that, but you know. Yeah. I, I have this like, rule to where if it's not pro bono then i set like a goal for myself uh for like the end of the year let's say like 100k or something like that and so if a project came in like the lowest that i would take from that project would be like 10 percent of my year goal basically and that'd be like my limit as far as how low i could take your budget interesting so when you work yeah. with somebody you you say like listen this is for what you're wanting, I can't, you know, this is what I need. And you're looking at like what you need to make for the year. Yeah. I, I, I do like value based pricing. So I, I base my projects not on like a day rate or anything like that anymore. It's, it's on who's coming at me for what. So if uh, Nike came to me for a big project that's because they're Nike once it gets out there in the ether, it's going to make them millions of dollars. I'm obviously going to charge them a lot, a lot more because Daddy wants it's, it's a, right. It's a there's a lot more value to it, and you know the hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm uh, taking I'm taking notes here. Hold on, I just no, want yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that I get all this written down. Go ahead. <laughs> no, vice versa. Like if like a little mom and pop shop 
came up and, you know, I, I have to stay at a certain threshold to make my business viable and still have like enough profit to get towards the goals that I have the business set to, you know, in order to, you know, reinvest and all that kind of jazz. But there has to be like that 10% there. If that's there, then that's cool. If it's not going to be there, then that has to be probably a pro bono situation where I would send them an actual invoice of what it would look like. Uh, but then they would get like the little discount thingy on what we would actually do for them, but they would still see that like big number. Right. And so they're not actually like coming to me every like five seconds for something totally out of, you know, our financial wheelhouse. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's of the very few skills that I have, uh, with business. That's one of them is I'll always, not always, I'll discount something for somebody, but I always want them to know what it actually costs, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, if, if, if I'm doing it for, you know, X, it actually costs Y and I'll, I'll put that in there. I'll take the time to invoice out exactly how much everything costs. And I'll be like, and you just saved yourself $5,000 because the next time that they come at me and they're like, Hey, we were going to do this project for four grand. I'm like, no, 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 no. We did that project for nine grand and you got a $5,000 discount. So we're doing that project for nine grand. You know what I mean? Like, and then because I feel like otherwise you seem like an asshole when you're just like, they're like, wait, why won't you take our money's not good for you? What did I do? You know, like, and you're like, no, no, no. It's just that you don't have enough. Your money's fine. You just don't have enough of that money, you know? Yeah. As like an artist, it's really hard to price yourself in a way that normal businesses do. Because for some reason, normal businesses like an airline can get away with charging one thing for a seat and a totally different amount for a totally you know same looking seat right across the aisle. Yeah. And no one cares. But like if we as an artist, you know, try to put value on something as kind of, you know, etheric as a future creative thing that's going to look pretty for you. Like it's harder for the client to be like, yeah, it's going to be valuable to me. Yeah. If I pay you, yeah. If I pay you a thousand dollars for something, then I find out that uh, Tim down the street got it for 500. I'm like, why are you fucking me, Mitch? You know, like, (laughs) yeah, right. Which you're like, because yeah. Yeah. It's like what I'm doing for you. a, a smaller business that would be in St. Louis or whatever, if they could afford me, which they can't, would, let's be honest. <laughs> right. I don't have any St. Louis clients, unfortunately, but um, they could take that, that thing that I made them and they could go out and campaign with it, but they're not going to make as much money as Nike would with it. It's just like not going to happen. So the value is totally different. Right. And we got to like find a way what I do in order to like break it down for people. If they don't have a big, big budget, but they still want to work with us. And as far as the production, whatever, like things are sectioned off to where like, you know, like we charge a certain amount probably for a project for the exploration and then pre-production and then production post and all that kind of stuff. And if we do anything after the production's done, we'll charge for that too. Um, So if they have like a lower budget, we can be like, okay, so let's maybe like take off the exploration. We can like jump right into it yeah, we might have some issues as far as timing. the The project might have to like go on for longer because we might have some issues that we run into and things like that because we didn't do our exploration. But you know, we can we can knock it down 
from that. And, you know, that's kind of what we're getting into. So there's like room to work, but it's still somewhat rigid and hundred percent in my control. That's interesting. So let me ask you this, because this is my new, not my new thing, but I've been doing this for a while, but I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm correct for saying this, but tell me if you're like, that's eh, a little bit weird. When I, when somebody, when I talk to somebody and they're pricing on a project, I'll say, what's your budget? And they'll say, well, we were hoping that you could tell us what this would cost. Um, and I'll say, well, it could cost a thousand dollars or it could cost a million dollars. It yeah. literally all depends on what you have. Like, with there probably is a floor to what I can charge you to, to do something, but like I've got an iPhone, I'll come out there and hold a camera. You know what I mean? Like also we can hire uh Martin Scorsese. I mean, maybe not him, but you know what I mean? Like we can get, like we can do anything that you want to do and I can, yeah. I can be at the helm of that. Um, but you have to tell me how much money you want to spend. And then I'll tell you what we can get for that. Mm hmm. Does that seem disingenuous or? No, because I think you're, what you're doing is basically putting the power in your core. Because I mean, if you're going. <laughs> well, I know I to... am, but I'm afraid that people that are people, people that are familiar with how a production works. Yeah. They, uh, they understand that it works that way. But since I'm a director. I'm usually people like that are reaching out to agencies and then they're yeah. getting the reach around jerk and tug from the agency of, well, we got to charge you. And I'm not talking shit agencies. I mean, I was, but, yeah. uh, right. but yeah, we got our thing. We got to do our discovery. And then, but so like, essentially they're saving a lot of money with me, but mm -hmm. I'm saying the same thing of like, what's your budget. And then they feel like, well, hold on. I'm going directly through oh, most of my, a lot of people that I work with, honestly, they just don't do a lot of production. So they don't understand that. So it feels mm. like I'm a slimy, you know, I don't know, like a, like a HVAC guy that comes to your house and is like, well, how much is, how much money you got? How much uh, you got money? <laughs> right. Anyway, yeah. give me your thoughts. Uh, though. Sorry. I cut you off. No, yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, I get that. I, it's, I think it's a lot harder with, smaller clients like I feel like I would not have an issue if a bigger brand came to me with a problem asked me to do something for them and then I would obviously know like you know it's they're way easier to research as far as a bigger brand you can you can see how much they're making every year as far as like you know their records and stuff like you can find yeah. that stuff out and then you can really if you really wanted to dig deep you could find out like how much value you're actually going to give them and actually like get a really good estimate, even though I don't really like to do estimates anymore either. <laughs> I like to just like, this is what it is like the value of it for you guys. And, you know, from there they can be like, we don't have that fucking much money. That's way too much. And then I can be like, okay, well, you know, where, <laughs> Yeah, Wait, what do you say? What, where is your product right now or where is your brand or whatever we're doing it for? And like, where do you want it to be? And if they are like, you know, in 10 years, we want it to be this and this and this. And I'll be like, well, this is going to, you know, be, you know, the key to that. You're looking at a, you know, $5 million or something like estimate on the value of your business in 10 years. 
you know, if you got to see the value of that in 10 years too, and like charge for that. Wait, are you actually saying that you're like talking them into like, no, you should get a loan and just fucking pay me my not money. That. No, not necessarily a loan, but it's I mean, more you- so just like, if you can't afford me, that's totally cool, but you should go to like, go into this thinking that you're going to pay for the value that this product, whether it's like a stupid logo right. or if it's like a huge production, like if that logo is going to be like the thing that yeah, if, it's, if you create the Nike swoosh for somebody. Money. Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's and, worth a lot of fucking money. Right. And there was a designer that made it and I think they really didn't get paid that much to make the Nike swoosh. And then Nike was actually really baller and came back and gave them like a percentage of the company as far as like stocks and stuff like that. So they actually made like some good money off that design. But in the beginning, they wouldn't have because they charged cheap. Right. It didn't like think about like the the future, you know, value of what that logo would be be. like and didn't pitch it correctly, probably. (laughs) Damn. You're next level, man. That's like, I mean, you're really thinking, um, I mean, you got, you must have some big balls. I mean, that's what it's <laughs> like. It's you have, I mean, and I think you're justified in the size of your balls, but it's, I mean, I'm just a pussy really. That's I'm not a pussy. That's not the right word. Um, <laughs> that's such a derogatory thing. Cause of the, yeah. the vagina is such a beautiful, strong thing. <laughs> uh, it's a sec, but anyway, I'm a, um, I'm such a wimp. Cause I don't have the, <laughs> see, I just want to talk about female and male genitalia to describe <laughs> uh, positive and negative things. Uh, I'm such a, um, I don't have the confidence, you know, probably cause yeah, I don't have I, the product to back it up, but I'm inspired by you and you know, you deliver on it. But like, I mean, to be able to ask for what your worth is a skill besides being able to do the work, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, all, it definitely wasn't always there. I think it was a snowball effect for sure. It's like once you kind of get the first, I don't know, like a opportunity almost from yeah. like a, a person that you wouldn't expect, you're like, okay, like these are kind of like normal people. They kind of just want to talk about like their own work and like cool shit like that anyway. Even if you're like emailing someone, you don't even have to like email them to talk about like potential money exchange. You could just be like, dude, you just see this like crazy ass project that just someone just did. Like we should do something like that in the future or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't know. I totally forgot what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I wanted to ask you this and pivot away from it anyway. Have you seen yeah. the new Deftones music video? Ohms? No, I haven't. Okay. Uh, I almost want to like pause and make you watch it and then talk about it. But, um, I don't have a technology for that. Uh, I totally do, but I just don't want to edit it. Um, my friend sent me multiple people reached out to me and they were like, dude, check this out. And they were like, they basically said, this is like what, what your music videos look like, but like, but better, you know, not you, me. Um, (laughs) they were like, this very much feels like a Jordan Phoenix music video. If Jordan Phoenix was better. And I'm like, first that hurt. And then I was like (laughs) acknowledging that I'm not good. Then I watched it and I was like, you know what this honestly looks like? It looks like a Jordan Phoenix and Mitch Myers project. Oh shit. Yeah, dude. Cause it has, it had the, it felt like it was shot by me, 
but yeah. it had so much CG and like this beautiful, just, you know, rendering work that like in my wildest dreams, it's just st- stuff that couldn't be, maybe not couldn't be, you would, it would be so much more inexpensive to do it, you know, rendered than, than practically. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking like, fuck, how do we get, and then at the end you see the credits of like the fucking 30 people that it took. Yeah. It. But I'm like, who, how do we do that? Who do, how, what band do we reach out to? I'm, and I'm serious. Like, like right now, what, who, cause we talked about doing something together again. And like, I love morose. Like I want to do more yeah. stuff with them, but like, they're not the band I, until they sign that fat fucking record deal and get, you know, figured out for the, true. for the awesome band they are. Like we got to go, we got to do probably like hit up like representation or something like that. <sighs> you think so? That's what the way it's got to go. That's the way I don't know. Probably go. management. And then yeah. I feel like they're the only middleman right now between like labels and artists. Who the management? Yeah. Well, let's do it. Let's make, let's do your plan. We'll call them. You say like, Hey, I don't want you to worry about the price. I want you to think about the way this is going to put you. What is what are your goals for your band? There you, you go. Uh, you do the talking, but like, cause I do think that there's something magical about what you do that I'll just never, I'll never get to my, my projects will never have that without you. And I also do think that I, that I could make what you do cool. I mean, you're, what you do is already cool, but I could give you a different lane of cool, you know, Dude, um, for sure. And like, anyway, what it comes down to is I think just money, you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. we're old men with kids and wives. And so we just got to get paid. Uh, and right. we, you have, you know, ridiculously expensive computers and shit. And I got cameras and fucking dumb Dude, things and it's you know. crazy expensive and it is like not worth anything in like two or three years like whatever costs know, so much yeah. money is like dog shit dude i'm i'm having a panic attack right now thinking about all the if if my uh if my office burnt down right now and i had a list of everything that i own a lot of it's not in production anymore if they gave me the money that it was valued at now, I wouldn't be able to buy like half of what I own. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah, need them sure. to pay like what I paid for it for me to be able to get, you know, anyway. Um, it's really, I mean, I guess I could just like buy all my gear on Craigslist and like maybe make it back. But oh, fuck, that's like hard to deal with too. I feel like every time I do that, it lasts for like a week and I'm like, son of a bitch. I <laughs> yeah, should have no. just paid the money. No, I, yeah. I actually, the only things that I'll buy even used is uh, like grip equipment, like if a stand, yeah. light stands, like things that are made out of metal and mechanical and like yeah. not even complicated mechanical. I'm like, I'll take a risk, but yeah. yeah they'll just have like grip tape freaking like goo all over my shit <laughs> dude i'm uh i'm <laughs> i'm gonna tell a quick story because i'm always afraid that this is gonna happen to me buying anywhere besides like basically b and h i'm genuinely even worried about buying from amazon this happening uh <laughs> my friends uh in uh the band blinded black were in uh they were in vegas getting ready to play a show and uh, the singer Jeff walks in and he's like laughing and he's like, guys, I just got a laptop that fell off the back of a truck, you know, uh, <laughs> talk to some guy that like sold him this thing, you know, uh, you know, it fell off, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's, you know, he's like reading on the box, like all the like badass specs of it. It's, you know, by today's standards dog shit, but $2,000 <laughs> laptop that he got for like, you know, $400 or whatever opens mm-hmm. it up. It's two Las Vegas phone books. <laughs> 
Dude. It's real. You know Dude, what I mean? It's too good to be true. It's probably too good. Dude, I'm 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 rocking this right here. See these? What would you what would what would you think that these are? What is that? Those AirPod thingies, right? Yeah, AirPod Pros. Okay. New $240 or something like that. Mm. Uh, I got them through somebody. Uh, I want to be very mysterious about this, but I got them for free to me, but I think they cost my friend like 40 bucks. Mm. I'm since realized, I think it's the, (laughs) I think these are, are the plastic casings of AirPod pros and inside they're fucking Las Vegas phone books inside of here. Because (laughs) when I open my phone up, like the, the, the icon for like when it pairs is uh, AirPod regulars, not AirPod pros. Uh, when I open the thing up to connect, it doesn't connect. I have to like manually connect it. So I think I got some like ghetto, you know, basically Las Vegas. Anyway, that's my worry about buying stuff. Yeah. (laughs) They were free. So it's still a great, it was a great investment on my part, but yeah. um, Yeah. If it's free, take it, I guess. Anyway. So, um, yeah. What else you got? What's, uh, Oh, that that was a long tangent, but back to 2021. (laughs) So you don't know what you want to do, but you want five clients that are, repeat customers right i feel you like i forecast you well some stability i think and i think it'll allow me to still make like a lot of personal stuff still music videos and shit while still like staying financially viable do you get worried like of the ebbs and flows of like oh, f- like i just wrapped a project Whoa, how am i gonna pay like is that still a thing dude every time it sucks i'm like waiting for the day that it's not that i wonder if it's ever gonna be not that. <laughs> yeah but i'm still in the situation where i have like uh um what do they call it the um where you just don't feel like you're like good enough or whatever oh, yeah, imposter syndrome yes imposter syndrome yeah i, I do still too. Have nobody's like so hardcore i don't think anybody dude every person that i respect at the highest level and we have this exact conversation they're like yeah i mean i still get it of course like and i'm like what you you know you have platinum record like you're you know sold out netflix like whatever it is yeah same thing everybody has it you know so after every project i'm just like i'm done yeah i'm never gonna get another job every client hates me (laughs) i think that means you're like a good person i think people that don't have that imposter syndrome either are super fucking old and just know that they're good. Although I think even when you know you're good, you may be like, I was good, but now I'm slipping. You know, like I think you always have that. Out of sync with like the world or something. Yeah. The young, what do the young kids do? I mean, that's a worry, right? Is like, you know, Mm -hmm. being connected to the youth culture and like being relevant and like. The youth. Yeah. It's hard. Um, Well, on that note, uh, good night, everybody. Uh, We'll see you (laughs) next No, Mitch, it's been really good talking to you, man. Um, what what else? You got anything else you wanna you wanna drop uh, or mention or like and subscribe? Uh, what projects no, are you yeah. working on right now? Uh, I got uh, another thing for Adobe, which will be cool, and um, I got something for Scientific American magazine. They're doing like this really dope. Uh, I don't know how much I can say right now. It's this really cool documentary about space shit. It's gonna be awesome. Whoa, that's cool. So you're doing space fucking renders? Yeah, it's like one of my favorite things to do is just make spacey stuff. That's dope. Does it have? Yeah. Do you have to worry about it being like? Uh, did you ever see Interstellar? Yeah, I actually uh, figured out how to make that 
black hole gargantua in cinema. No fucking. And like everyone freaked out about it. Dude. So the, <laughs> yeah. Cause the cool, I watched like, it's one of my favorite films. Christopher Nolan's like my favorite director, arguably my favorite director. Um, and he hired, I don't know the guy's last name, Kip Harrington, maybe Kip. Yeah, I think that's Kip. Yeah, I think Kip is right. It's definitely but. Kip, but <laughs> Kip Harrington might be, but yeah. And, and I guess that, that black hole, obviously we don't know how the gargantuan black hole, but he said like, he's one, he's like a, a fucking Stephen Hawking jr. Basically. And he <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah. he was like, yeah, if he's like, the, it was like, had his seal of approval of like, that's yeah, how that like shit would math look. Would be like this. Yeah. Uh, so that's anyway, that's fucking wild that you figured out how to make that. Yeah. Did you yeah, I mean, sell like, that to somebody? He, he figured out like the visuals of it first. So I basically just had to copy, but it was like a cool thing to figure out. It was, it's like this incredibly easy, like sneaky way to do it where you're using like these reflective, like toruses and things like that around a sphere. And the torus is actually reflecting the like emissions that the like you know the smoke and stuff like that are casting and so it kind of does the weird warping effect like for you and so you don't actually have to make Manually. it happen you know yeah. <laughs> yeah wow that's crazy dude how often do you like stumble upon shit like that did you did you go out to you like ah, i like that movie i'm gonna try to make this thing or uh but most of the time it's just like fucking around i i always like am experimenting even i mean i i feel like i have to experiment all the time i like to make really good shit and even on like client projects like i have to take the time in the beginning at least just to like mess around with like a new thing that i want to try or like a new type of material or to look or whatever lighting mm. i always want to do like a little bit of like weird exploration before the project starts so maybe I can like figure out something cool or something will just like randomly pop up. So I usually just like throw a bunch of stuff together, click buttons that I've never clicked before and <laughs> just like, what does this do? Yeah. And sometimes like things work out. That's cool, man. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for taking the time, man. Um, I hope that we, I, I'm serious. Like I want to try to figure out a way for us to do a Deftones uh, Ohms style collaboration. Um, Let's do it. And um, any bands are watching or listening that have money, yeah, <laughs> let us know. Uh, any bands that don't have money need not apply. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hit us up. We're looking. Um, wh where can people find you on social media? Yeah, so they can hit me up at uh, you can go to orphanhouse.co, um, you can go on Instagram at orphanhouseofficial, or uh, Facebook is oh premium check it out orphan house doing big things mitch myers thanks oh, yeah. for being myers spelled m y e r s somebody yeah, forgot to put an e in your name <laughs> and i like that i like it because now every time i write your name i double check myself and i'm like yep i'm spelling it right unless it, i am spelling it wrong four letters and myers is four letters and that's like <laughs> golden opportunity for a logo oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks again, dude. Uh, like and subscribe. Go ahead and uh, leave me five star. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> Thanks, everybody.